0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God Amen. Today is our fifth, fifth subtitle. We started with a big title five days ago, Virgin Mary teaches us. And today our subtitle is Virgin Mary teaches us intercession. This is what I'm trying to cover this night. We'll see from the miracle of converting the water into wine, John chapter 2, how she is teaching us intercession, and then we expand more about intercession, to understand what is intercession, who is the saint, and then we think of something called the Eucharistic approach, how to approach intercession through the Eucharist. And then we'll see some of the Church Father's teaching the intercession, and we'll see some objections always comes to our mind, or we are attacked because we believe in the intercession of the saints. so if you have your Bibles or your mobiles please open with me John chapter 2 we will read from verse 1 on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus Christ was there on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee And now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim, and he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it when the master of the feast May the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen. I'm sure you read this story many times and you heard many sermons about it. But our focus today will be only on the intercession. But before we start, one back. One back. It says at the beginning of the miracle on the third day do you know why he said on the third day? It's just stating a fact or why he is saying it on the third day? Hmm? First action? Anything else? According to the Jewish tradition most of the weddings are on the third day. But why? If you go to Genesis chapter 1 You'll find after the first day, the Lord said it was good. After the second day, what He said, nothing. He didn't say it was good. After the third day, He said it was good twice. That's why all the marriages, or the traditional Jewish marriages, on the third day. So it's not just by chance He mentioned the word on the third day. And again, the Messianic Jews who knew Christ later, they knew because the third day will be the day of the resurrection so the third day was said to be good twice because it will be the resurrection day in the New Testament going further we'll find these five points in this miracle number one she was in his presence an intercessor should know the Lord Virgin Mary was in his presence on that day that's why when we seek the intercession of Virgin Mary or any of the saints we know that they are now in His presence.
1: Even when we ask each other pray for me
0: because I have an exam or whatever I have I believe that you will go in His presence whether in a liturgy, in your room, or wherever you go. So the first thing to learn from Virgin Mary to intercede be in His presence. And when you are in His presence you know his power, you know what he can do even if you can't comprehend it even if you don't know exactly what he is going to do but just bring your case before him just bring your problem before him and to present anything before the Lord it makes a difference even if we don't know the difference what does it mean to mention a friend who is sick terminally in the liturgy, it makes a difference. We don't know what's the difference but there is a difference. Why? Because it is in His presence and anything we present in the presence of God, it makes a difference even if we don't know the difference. Secondly she was watching the situation. The intercessor is not just a person who is invited to a wedding or invited to a funeral or a problem but he is the one who knows and watching and seeing what is the need of now and then present before the Lord. So Virgin Mary was there and she knew. And once she knew that they ran out of, of wine, she went and told him, We have run out of wine. That's why our belief and our concerned about intercession, we knew that they know what is going on here Why? Because God is God of a living We don't have death, as we say in the litany It's not death, but a departure and our God is God of those who are always alive with Him. So first of all, she was in His presence. Your intercessor, if you want to intercede, be in His presence. And secondly, she was watching the situation. I know what I am praying for. I don't know what is going to happen, but all what I can do is to present my case, my need, the need of others before the Lord. Thirdly, she told him without knowing what He, what is what he is going to do. So sometimes we are afraid to intercede or to pray. I know he is terminal or she is terminal. So why, why I have to pray? pray? Pray because there is something is going to happen. You don't know it, you can't measure it. But to present it before him there is a big difference. So she told him, they run out of wine. She didn't see any miracle yet from him. This is the first miracle, as you know. And even St. John was commenting, this was the first miracle to be done by our Lord Jesus Christ. So, even if you don't have any experience with him in any miracle before, just present your case or intercede in anyone and knowing that he is going to do something different.
1: What is this thing?
0: You don't know. Sometimes it happens in the last breath of someone who is terminally ill We don't know what he prayed in the last breath We don't know what happened to him in his last breath But we know if we present this case before God We are sure there's something is going to happen The fourth thing she told them to obey Him And this is what we miss a lot in our intercession of the saints We believe that I can go and Ask in a monastery, the patron saint of the monastery, or ask Virgin Mary or anything But unfortunately I am not thinking of my own repentance I need something and maybe I can vow a big amount of money But not my repentance, not my obedience to the word of God But what he is saying here, she told them to obey Him The
1: intercessor
0: is not only an intercessor He is also saying, praying for our repentance Before asking the Lord to give us our needs Or to accept our prayers and supplications Again, it's me and you I am responsible for my own repentance And I'm also responsible to pray for the repentance of all, all creation Not even my church only or my family with the Christian, as Saint John Chrysostom says, it is not a Christian; it is not called a Christian who is not concerned about the salvation of everyone in this world. So, in every prayer, the Church is praying for the salvation of the whole world, even for the animals, for the cattle, for the rivers, everything. Why? Because man was ordained from day one to be the priest of the whole creation. And fifthly obeyed twice and think of it, if they say the Lord told them, go and fill this water pots of water we might accept to do such thing there is nothing wrong to fill them with water but if you think for the second command now go and take off this water and give it to the people and it's fine if we are able to obey in the first instance to fill our jars with water are we able to believe that if he is telling us go now and use the water that you poured out with your own hand and you will find it something different this is when we obey him he is able to change our circumstances he is able to change our attitudes while the circumstances are still the same do you believe that the intercessor is asking me to obey unlimited times to believe in what he is telling me the very famous story of Neiman the Syrian when the prophet told him just go and wash in the Jordan River he was very upset we have Euphrates we have our own rivers in Iraq am I coming from this distance tell me go and wash in the Jordan River And his servant told him, he asked you for something doable Why not? What are you going to do even if you are not going to be healed? Just do it. And once he did it, he was totally healed. That's why the Lord is asking us if we are seeking the intercession of Virgin Mary or if you are seeking to learn from Virgin Mary, she is telling us obey Him. Whatever He is telling you, obey Him then you will be able to walk in the right direction then the miracle you are looking for is going to be seen by your own eyes when you obey many miracles have been stopped in our lives because we reject to obey or we are trying to twist the arm of the Lord you have to obey my request but I am not here to obey your commands anymore Repentance is always a key for every single aspect in our life. The first statement we heard from the Lord in Mark chapter 1 verse 15. Repent and believe in the gospel. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. There is nothing else. We have no other message in the church. Repent, believe in the gospel, waiting. For the kingdom of God, because it's at hand. Yes, he said this 2000 years ago, and it's still valid. The kingdom of God is at hand. This is what Virgin Mary is trying to emphasize in our life. Obedience is a key. Being in his presence is a key. To watch the situation and to be an intercessor is a key for, for, for the, to resolve, re, resolve the problem that we have. and to present the case before him even if we don't know what is going to happen it's a key as well let me move on with you if we see now that this what virgin mary wants of us to sing deeply and spiritually in the meaning of intercession. Bob shemuda said in his very famous book comparative theology is saying the intercessions of the saints for us are merely praying for us but virgin mary was praying and asking her son and his creator, her creator, our Lord Jesus Christ, to do something. She doesn't know what this thing is going to happen. Is he going to create wine? She doesn't know. The intercession of the saints for us are merely praying for us. They are of the bleeding type, which is completely different to Christ's atoning mediation. Christ one is atoning mediation. The saints, as Virgin Mary said, here is the, here there is a problem. And I'm telling you there is a problem. And I know that you can do something. And we are going to obey whatever we are going to tell them. This is a sign, this is sanctioned by the Holy Bible, which says, pray for one another. James 5.16. The saints himself asked people to pray for them. Saint Paul said to the Thessalonians, pray for us in 2 Thessalonians 3:1. Here's the word of option. So the intercessions are prayers. Based on what? I am in his presence. Or I am asking someone who is in his presence. This one may be alive in the church or alive with the Lord in the paradise. In Ephesians 1. Verse 4. Saint Paul is trying to define who is a saint and why we are obliged to pray for one another. He spoke last two nights before how the church is telling us the holies are for the holy and we rush because we believe in the two miracles the holy spirit has converted every believer who repented and confessed his sins as a saint as a holy person and then converted the bread and wine into the body and blood of christ then the holies are for the holy Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, for he chose us, this is verse 1 and verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love, that's why we are required to intercede for one another, we are called for this holiness every liturgy, we are praying that's why we have green papers if you have a prayer pray, bring it to the altar and Abuna will present before God He does don't know who you are maybe you are writing a name of a relative who is living in another continent but Abuna is going to present the name as he is or as she is maybe he didn't mention anything besides this name but he will present before the Lord what is going to happen? something even if you can't comprehend this thing we are all required to intercede for one another and now maybe this word is quite new for some of us Eucharistic approach why we say the word Eucharistic a lot our church theology, the Orthodox church in general is based on back when the Eucharist If you want to understand anything in the church away from the Eucharist, we will miss out Even the intercession You will find many people, non-orthodox, are fighting or attacking our belief in the the intercession So we try to bring some verses to say, here there is a verse There is people who are dead interceding and people who are alive And people who are alive interceding for people who are alive and so on Verse against verse and then we have the own refutation to our verses but if we have this Eucharistic approach it has no response at all why? we'll see it in a minute so I will discuss with you three things in a few minutes first of all is Eucharist and time and then Eucharist and unity and then the Eucharist and the uh, conversion of the saints first one Eucharist and time in Greek, we have two different words translated into time in English or what in Arabic. The first one is chronos. Chronos, out of it, the English word chronology. So the first Greek term is chronos, meaning time on the move. You are born in a certain date, you didn't choose it. Then you are, you went to school at a certain date, you didn't choose it. It's life going on, it's a chronology. Time as before and after, time as the future passing through the present and so becoming the past. From this Greek word, chronos, we derive such English terms as chronic, chronicle, and chronology. Thus we call an illness chronic if it lasts a long time. A chronicle is an account of events through a sequence of time. Chronology is the itemized studied measurement of time. This is the very common word when we use the word time. But there is another word, but let me give you first an example of this word in the scriptures. This word, as I said maybe last time, every word either in the New Testament or the Old Testament has a number, we call it Strong's number. If it starts with letter G, it's Greek. If it starts with letter H, it's Hebrew, it means Old Testament. So the word 5550 Chronos appeared in the New Testament fifty-three times and one of them is Matthew chapter 2 verse 7 then Herod when he had bravely called the wise men acquired of them diligently what time the star appeared I know a date, I need to know a date at what time this star appeared it has nothing to do with anything else I would like to know your date of birth, it's a date the date of your graduation, etc. This is chronology. The other word is Kairos. Again in English, it's time. Kairos, because it is present in an icon of eternal life. What does it mean? To experience the now, after all, one must be alive. They did know nothing of now. Therefore, the now, the Kairos is an icon of the life of heaven And you'll see how the scriptures are using the word Indeed, eternal life is an everlasting now We have to stop for a minute here Because the sentences are quite strong We have, indeed, eternal life is an everlasting now The Lord said in John chapter 17, verse 3, This is eternal life to know you and your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What does it mean? It's not something in the future, in the life to come. It's an experience to start from now. That's why Kairos is the everlasting now. And this is an invitation for every one of us now, not later. And he continued in which there is no sequence, no before and after, here on earth, Kairos is a time as a significant and decisive when special things happen. That's why the church believes that the liturgy is Kairos. Two hours out of time, part of eternity. It is not Chronos. Yes, with our watches, it's Chronos, two hours or three hours. But with what we live, the everlasting now, united ourselves with the eternal Lord Jesus Christ it is the everlasting now it's Kairos, not Kronos anymore maybe my mind is wandering too far I am losing this opportunity every morning God has entrusted me and you for 24 hours of Kronos and you have the right to convert as much as you can from Kronos into Kairos that's why the in the church, it shows us how those saints converted Kronos into Kairos Just passing time into an everlasting now The scripture was saying of oh, the Lord, He was doing good at all times What does it mean? He didn't live Kronos We saw a Kronos, 33 years roughly But in reality, it was Kairos Every single act Jesus did was an eternal act and what he has done on the cross or in his resurrection or anything else remain eternal not ending at all why? because he was not bound to this time the word appeared in the New Testament 81 times and it's always showing something happening to convert this minute from a chronos into an eternal time one of the famous verses is 2 Corinthians 6.2 For He says, I have heard thee in a time, accepted, and in the day of salvation have I scored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This accepted time, our time of conversion, our time of doing something eternal, not something earthly, is a Kairos. And the invitation, or the understanding of the Church of the Eucharist, we are out of time. We are in the everlasting now. How this will help us in the intercession of the saints? Hear what we say in the liturgy of Saint Basil. Make us all worthy, our Master, to partake of Your holies and the purification of our souls, our bodies, and our spirits, that we become one body and one spirit with whom with the risen Adam, risen Eve, Virgin Mary, Abraham, Isaac, Marimina, St. Marie, St. Verena, and everyone Why? Because we are out of time, we are living in Kairos, not Kronos anymore And we continue, I may have a share and inheritance with all the saints Yes, Abraham who died nearly 3,000 years ago, or 4,000 Now I am participating with him in the same body of Christ out of Kronos, but in Kairos. That's why when we think of those things, we are not people who died thousand or hundred years ago. We are alive, united with me and with you in each and every liturgy. Why? Because these two hours of the liturgy, they are not chronos, they are Kairos. They are in every part of eternity. In eternity you will not see Abraham as an old man who is four thousand years old and we look too young beside Him we will all be the same why? this is the life or the newness of life of the body of Christ so the liturgy is pointing towards every one of us if you want to live your new reality as a person choose eternal. this is eternal life to know you and your son you, whom you have sent then I am totally different not living in this earthly chronos. That's why one of the church fathers said something very interesting. He said the church is the manifestation of time, sorry, of eternity in time. Again, the church, you and me, is the manifestation of eternity in time. We are living in chronos. But when you go to work, you are showing or manifesting eternity among people who are living only in Kronos and the church is showing the conversion of people who are too far from God and now someone like Saint Mary of Egypt or Saint Moses Black or Saint Augustine what is happening is a conversion showing an eternal people or a conversion from people living in Kronos into Kairos eternally and showing but living in front of our eyes in a certain age or a certain Kronos St. Cyril, of is telling us in his dialogue, you know, he wrote seven dialogues under the title of the Holy Trinity the first six dialogues were about the divinity of the Son and the seventh one was the divinity of the Holy Trinity although we are divided by distinctive personalities I mean the special personalities of each of us by which each one is either Peter or John and another Thomas or Matthew Yet we all became of the same body in Christ Why? Because we are out of time We are out of promise. we are in Kairos Because we are nourished from one flesh And this is the peak of the liturgy Where every one of us is uniting himself with the head And with all members of the body Because we were nourished from one flesh And because we were sealed, unified through the Holy Spirit as Christ is indivisible, for He is in no way divided, we are all one in Him so when we are out of this Chronos, in this Kairos, we live our real unity why we have divisions sometimes in this, in one family because someone has chosen to live this Kairos, someone else is still living in Chronos. those who are living in Chronos, living and thinking earthly I'm thinking of money and career only there's nothing wrong to think about money and career but more importantly to think of my eternity and my calling through the Lord he's adding again said in his first dialogue accordingly he said to his father in heaven that they may be one just as we are one It is clear from this this, that through being in Christ and in the Holy Spirit we are all one according to the body and according to the spirit So being out of time inside this eternal meaning of the Kairos united us all past, present and future So I am united with everyone in the past who lived in Christ everyone living now in Christ and everyone to come who is going to live in, the, in Christ. Why? Because eternity it means there is no boundaries of time there is no past, present and future and in the liturgy we experience in reality this meaning that's why when we think of the Eucharistic approach to the intercession they are not too far from us He was with me in this morning in the liturgy I'm not asking from someone who died years ago and even the church fathers are saying we are seeking as in the prayers of all the saints even to come we are not limited to chronos anymore we are living this Kairos, the eternal meaning of time in Luke, Mark and Luke nearly the same verses Mark twelve twenty-seven. I am the God of Abraham The God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, he is not the God of the dead but of the living. Living where? In the eternal body of Christ. Living where? In the Kairos. But in Kronos, they died 2000 years ago. But now we are not dealing with this anymore. In Luke 20, when the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. He was telling us, this is not acceptable by the world. Uh, It looks too good to be true, but it's too good and very true Why? Because we believe in this Eucharistic approach in the Church When the Church is making the Eucharist as the center of our worship Because out of it everything could be understood properly and in the right context of it Origen was saying nearly something similar about the intercession of the saints at such early time but not the high priest Christ alone prays for those who pray sincerely, but also the angels, as also the souls of the saints who have already fallen asleep, in his book on prayer and book 2 he wrote this nearly 233 after Christ which again, we are not alone we say it in the liturgy I'm not sure you, you notice or not the share the seraphim and the cherubim worship you and sing holy 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 and you are singing the same song holy 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 what does it mean? we are not only an, a choir in the church we are joining the heavenly choir singing the same song that's why how awesome to be in this presence how awesome to sing the same song with the seraphim and the seraphim why? because we are out of time and out of place, but we are not talking about out of place today or tonight we are out of both of them we say in the song that heaven and earth are full of glory we are sharing the hymn of heaven and earth holy 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 with the heavenly host so we are not singing just with a good deacon or a leader who is building the congregation are singing with the cherubim and the seraphim, and this is what Origen was saying are singing and praying with the angels and with all the saints one more quote by St. Gregory the theologian in Zianza he believed even in his father's prayer he was a very saintly man he said yes I am well assured that my father's intercession is of more avail now than was his instructions in former days since he is closer to God now that he has shaken off his bodily fetters and freed his mind from the clay that obscured it and holds confrontation naked with the nakedness of the prime and purest mind this is his own biological father. How much more with all the ranks of the saints? How much more with Virgin Mary who is the mother or the, has been lifted up above all angels and above all the saints? This is what Virgin Mary is teaching us and how the church elaborated in the understanding of it through the Eucharist. There are many objections. One back. Mark, come come on back? One back, back Yes, this objection we always used to hear it from protestants or from non-believers or whatever they are Do we need another mediator? And this regarding Saint Paul was saying we, do, we have one mediator The saints are not mediators, we have one mediator to intercede for our atonement, as Bob Shimuda said But the saints are not working as mediators, they are intercessors They are living members sharing the same body with us Many are asking, do saints hear us? Yes, because we are not dead I am trying to, to, to summarize what we answered in our talk Do saints responsible for our repentance? Yes and no We are responsible as living members of the body to intercede for each other As we are responsible the same to intercede for the salvation of everyone Not only in our church, in the whole world So the responsibility here is out of love And out of a compelled love in the heart of everyone Do we need intercession? Yes, we can't live alone and the love in our heart is a love for the whole creation not for one person or for my family only Is it right to ignore the intercession of the saint? You are the loser and you can't live by your own as a living member of the body You can't share in the Eucharist and you are saying Lord I want to be united with you, I am not caring about anyone else So I am a loser and I have a misconception of the Eucharist now i don 't understand it totally. if I am going to ignore the intercession of the saints, whether are living or those who departed, are we praying for the saints? No, we are living members, we are praying with us, asking for us, as Virgin Mary watched the run out of, of wine and she asked her son and her son did it the way he wanted to do it and she asked us and asked the servants to obey him whatever he is going to tell you, do it he did it, he did it twice, once to fill in the water and secondly when they take it and give it to the people one back, sorry two bags, one more this is to answer the objection of the mediator For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind The man Christ Jesus And we said this is a mediation for the atonement of our sins Is only Jesus Christ he added again 1st John chapter 2 verse 1 My dear children I write this to you so that you will not sin but if anybody does sin we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous one and both verses confirm that he is, there is only one mediator the saints are not mediators we are intercessors living members members of the same body let me conclude with the words of Saint Clement of Alexandria in this way he he meant the true Christian, always pure for prayer. He also prays in the society of angels. You are not praying by your own. That's why if you notice, when we pray any prayer, or most or prayers, let us give thanks. I am praying alone in my room, but I am not alone. I am a living member of the living body which has members past, present and future because I am choosing to live Kairos not Kronos as being already of angelic rank and he is never out of their holy keeping and though he pray alone he has the choir of the saints standing with him in prayer in his book Miscellaneous 7.12 this is to encourage me and you to pray in your own room, to pray in your own car, to pray in a public transport and you are not alone, maybe everyone around you is busy with his own life but I am not going to waste a minute to be a Kronos, I am going to convert every minute to be Kairos to join my heavenly or my angelic ranks to sing with the cherubim and the seraphim, holy, 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 to be in full obedience to the word of God, as Virgin Mary told them, obey Him, whatever He is telling you, do it. We pray that through the intercession of Virgin Mary, are encouraged to take or to use the power of the intercession of all the saints in full obedience to the world and to know the biggest message ever in our Christianity. Repent, believe in the gospel for the kingdom of God is at hand. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.